On the day of Pentecost, the Apostle Peter quoted a prophecy from Joel as an explanation of what was happening on that powerful day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit. How badly do you want the presence and power of God in your life, your church, and your community? The Word of God is always key to knowing the will of God and the work of the Holy Spirit. I'm Ron Jones, and this is Something Good. I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten. That's Joel 2.25. And this is Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones. Hello, I'm Brian Davis. Thanks for stopping by. And today, Ron takes us to the book of Joel, a prophecy that speaks of devastation upon the nation of Israel, but also the promise of God's divine restoration. And when God restores, it always exceeds that which was lost. Online, you'll find us at somethinggoodradio.org, where you can hear any of Ron's messages on demand. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Subscribe to the podcast at Spotify, at Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From his teaching series, Route 66, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, here's Ron with part two of his Something Good Radio message, Joel, The Awesome Day of the Lord. Let's just take a little breath. Breathe deeply here, all right? Uh, Before we get to the ultimate day of the Lord, this is a good time to ask whether you have enough room in your theology for the day of the Lord, a day that delivers dramatic and fearful divine judgment. You see, my experience as a pastor in the 21st century is that I fear that too many of us have a lopsided view of God as he has revealed himself in the pages of Scripture. We love to hear How amazing is his grace and his love and oh, how I love Jesus and he loves me. And we want to sing, oh, happy, happy day. And we skip right over books like this, warnings like this. Our ears are deaf to the trumpet call. And it reminds me of another time in church history where the same was true, but in an opposite way. Back during the Dark Ages, leading up to the time of the Protestant Reformation, early 1500s, the church and the message that came from the church and the understanding the people had was of a lopsided deity. This time all about fear and judgment and Keep in mind, at that time, people like you and me, we didn't have copies of the Bible. It was literally chained to the pulpit, locked in a dead language called Latin that nobody could understand. Most people were illiterate at that time. And that was um, advantageous to a corrupt church that kept the people at their will through uh, fearful messages and 
fire and brimstone kind of messages, but they never heard about God's love and his grace and his mercy, a lopsided view of God. We're living in a different time. We're lopsided in a different way. There are some churches that you preach a message like this or you mention the day of the Lord from Joel and they'll they'll march the preacher right out. We we don't want to hear things like that, Pastor. No. But listen, you're on the ultimate road trip through the Bible, right? We don't skip over anything. We teach the whole counsel of God even when it's a a little spicy here. The awesome uh, day of the Lord. Now, having said that, fortunately, Joel is not all doom and gloom. And the day of the Lord is not without hope. Uh, You you, you should be understanding that now if you've been with us on uh, this road trip. Uh, As quickly as the trumpet blows a warning about impending judgment, in Joel it blows again to call the people to repentance and receive God's mercy. Let's pick it up in uh, chapter 2 and verse 12. Yet even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning, and rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God. Mark that down. That's a common phrase we will hear throughout the minor prophets. Return to the Lord your God. Return to the Lord your God. Why? (laughs) Because he's going to pound you if you don't. No, that's not what it says. Careful here, for he is gracious and merciful slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and he relents over disaster. Who knows whether he will not turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God? Blow the trumpet in Zion, consecrate a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the people. There's a time when when everything needs to stop because we need to get right with God as individuals, as families, even as a nation. From Joel, we learn that God is always more willing to bless his people than deliver disaster. He's slow to anger, Joel tells us. Slow to anger. And always unhinged, or rather, never unhinged when wrathful. Again, the Babylonians would not come to power, even rise to power for another 200 years after Joel's ministry. The Lord gave Israel more time to repent than they deserved. And the same is true for us. He's slow to anger. The prophet Joel also reminds us that God abounds in loyal love. Where have you heard that before? Steadfast love. Jeremiah said, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies are new every morning. That's an Old Testament prophet. And we learned from Hosea and Gomer uh, in full and living color, in real life, how God's love is loyal even when we are disloyal to him. Uh, The most powerful expression of God's willingness to relent over disaster comes a few verses later in Joel when he makes a hope filled promise to Israel. Mark this one down in your Bible. Joel chapter 2 and verse 25. It encompasses all of the imagery from the present day of the Lord and even this future day of the Lord. The Lord says, I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the hopper, the destroyer, and the cutter, my great army, which I sent among you. Let that just sink deeply into your soul. The Lord desires to bless you and and to restore you far more than he wants to bring disaster. 
which is why he is always calling us to return to him and to repent. Eventually, the 70 years of Babylonian captivity ended, and the Lord's people returned to Jerusalem. Remember the books of Ezra and Nehemiah and even uh, Esther that gives us a glimpse into what was happening back in Babylon from, with those who did not return? Friend, this Lord is still willing and able to restore what the locust has eaten in our lives. And, and his restoration far exceeds the completeness of the devastation. Everything you think you've lost because of some stubborn, recalcitrant uh, decision that you made in defiance to God, he, he can make up the years and he can make up the difference. And he will. He's just looking for a humble heart that will return to him. This is the message of Joel. And that brings us to chapter 2 and verse 28. We're starting in chapter 2 and verse 28 and all the way to the end of the chapter. Now we're talking about the ultimate day of the Lord, which was future to Joel and is still future to us. You see, the ultimate day of the Lord happens at the end of the age. And I want us to imagine as far as we can into the future of Bible prophecy, as far as you can imagine, all the way to the end of the age, even to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Listen to these words beginning in chapter 2 and verse 28. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit, and I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and columns of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Let me say that again. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there shall be those who escape, as the Lord has said, and among the survivors shall be those whom the Lord calls. Now, these words might sound familiar. We've not reached them uh, elsewhere in Scripture on uh, our study uh, through Route 66, but we'll get there when we get to the book of Acts. The reason these might sound familiar to some of you is because the Apostle Peter, on the day of Pentecost, in Acts chapter 2, quoted, yeah, you guessed it, the prophet Joel. He, he quoted these very words, on the day that the Holy Spirit arrived and gave birth to the church that Jesus said, he would build. What a, what a special day that was. The special day in, in the life of the church, the New Testament church, was the day of Pentecost. It was the birthday of the church. We ought to have a red plate that says, church, you are special in the eyes of God. Still ahead, the second half of today's Something Good radio message with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. If you've never visited our website, I encourage you to do so today. We have a great streaming platform for the media ministry of Something Good. You'll also find our digital library where you can search for biblical answers to some of your most challenging questions. Watch, listen, and download for free. That's somethinggoodradio.org. 
Now let's get you back to the rest of today's Something Good radio message, Joel, the awesome day of the Lord. And once again, here's Dr. Ron Jones. 2,000 years ago, when people in Jerusalem started speaking in tongues, some said they were drunk with alcohol. <laughs> it was only 9 o'clock in the morning. Oh, these people are just drunk speaking this uh, unknown tongue. By the way, it, it was a tongue that was known to others, but not to them. It would be like uh, me being able to speak French to Frenchmen, but I've never been trained in French. That was the, the miracle of speaking in tongues on the day of Pentecost 2,000 years ago. Well, Peter stood up and he uh, corrected their assumption of drunkenness and he says, for these people are not drunk as you suppose since it is only the third hour of the day, but this, this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. Peter goes back almost 1,000 years to this prophecy and he says, I, I see a connection here. By the way, I love the example that Peter is setting here. Peter was not a schooled man. He was not a learned man. Now, he spent three years with Jesus, but he knew his scriptures well, didn't he? He knew the Old Testament prophets well. We learned that when we studied Hosea, and we learned that in one of Peter's epistles, he talks about, you know, my people and not my people and no mercy and having received mercy, the low ruhama and low amai and all of that that we find in Hosea chapter 1. This time he goes back to Joel and, and he, he links what happened on the day of Pentecost when the Lord poured out his spirit and they dreamed dreams and envisioned visions, men and women alike on that incredible, incredible uh, special day. Joel's prophecy mentions uh, the day of the Lord for the fourth time, this time calling it great and awesome. This is the ultimate day of the Lord. And on that day, the prophet also said, as Joel's prophecy said, that the sun will darken and the moon will turn to blood. Now, there's no record of this happening on the day of Pentecost or any time since in 2,000 years of church history. Uh, therefore, we conclude that aspects of Joel's prophecy must still be future. And in fact, the ultimate day of the Lord happens at the end of the age, just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. That's how all-encompassing and far-reaching Joel's prophecy is. Chapter 3 begins with the description of a great battle happening in the valley of Jehoshaphat. I wish I had time to read it, but I encourage you to read chapter 3, verses 1 to 16, where the Lord will gather the nations of the world into the plain, that, that land in Israel that Napoleon, yeah, the, the great military leader Napoleon once called the greatest battlefield in the world. The battle that will take place there that Joel prophesies about is known in Scripture as the Battle of Armageddon, and it's spoken of uh, in the book of Revelation and uh, takes us all the way to the end of the age just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. By the way, I've been there. I've seen that valley, also known as the Valley of Jezreel. Har Megiddo. We, we go to a little tell, a city built upon a city called Megiddo, and we look out over that plain that Napoleon said, wow. 
And we imagine the nations of the world gathering to do battle against Israel. And Jesus Christ, at his second coming, defeating Israel's enemies. That's, that's the battle of Armageddon and the glorious return of Jesus Christ. The ultimate day of the Lord. What a, what a prophecy this is. For the fifth and final time, Joel mentions the day of the Lord in chapter 3 and verse 14. Here's what he says. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. Imagine the nations of the world and the armies of the world gathering in that valley, the valley of Jeho Jehoshaphat. Multitudes, multitude in the valley of decision for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. What a, what a phrase that is. The valley of decision. Kind of reminds me of evangelist Billy Graham who named his radio program The Hour of Decision. The Hour of Decision. This is an hour of decision for some of you. Really for all of us. Depending upon the decision the Lord puts in front of us. Perhaps Billy Graham had this prophetic scene in mind from the book of Joel and elsewhere in Scripture as he urged his listeners to place their faith in Jesus Christ. And many, if not millions, did through the ministry of Billy Graham. And when they did, you know what happened? It marked a special day in their life. It's called their spiritual birthday. The day that they were born again through faith in Jesus Christ, born into the family of God. It's interesting, the Bible also uses the, the uh, imagery of adoption. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ by faith, you have a gotcha day. <laughs> it's the day you were adopted into the family of God by faith in Jesus Christ. Do you, ha you have that special day? Can you think back to a time when the gospel became clear to you and you placed your faith, not in faith itself, not in you know, uh, the goodness of humanity, not, not in, in anything other than what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross as he paid the penalty for your sins and died there on that cross, went into the grave and rose triumphantly from the dead, ascended to the Father, and before he went said, I'm coming again. I'm coming again. He had the day of the Lord in mind. The good news about the awesome day of the Lord is really wrapped up in chapter 2 and verse 32 where Joel says, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Everyone. That means there's a way for you and I to escape the righteous and just judgment of God that will fall upon this earth in an ultimate kind of way. As surely as the sun rises, the ultimate day of the Lord is coming. But you can escape that, friends. How? Well, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Saved from the impending judgment. Saved from the eternal fires of hell. This is the good news of Joel. He doesn't leave us in just a doom and gloom state, but he tells us the truth. Some people say, no, I, I, I want you to love me, Pastor. The most loving thing I can do, friends, is just tell you the truth from God's Word. And what you'll find if you, if you read it enough and dig into it enough is that warning after warning is layered with, 
opportunities for grace and mercy and to come back to the Lord. And he's far more willing to bless us than he is to uh, deliver a disaster. The book of Joel ends not just with the battle of Armageddon and the return of Jesus Christ, but also with a mention of the eternal kingdom and the eternal blessings that are ours. And these are yours and these are mine, again, by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. The valley of decision, the hour of decision. The question is, what are we going to do with it, right? Thanks for stopping by for today's Something Good Radio message. And Dr. Ron Jones joins me now. Ron, I can't help but notice a bit of a contrast between the book of Hosea and the book of Joel. Hosea talks about God's tender approach to those who are in Christ, and we discussed that earlier this week here on Something Good Radio. Joel, on the other hand, talks quite a bit about the awesome day of the Lord, which will include judgment for all those who are not in Christ. There's no question about it, Brian. God's approach to believers in Christ at the end of the age, and even now as we remain here on earth, is different than how he approaches unbelievers. Hosea points us to the tender, loving, and merciful side of God's character. He does not come in wrath, but in mercy. And at the end of the age, something the prophet Joel talks about at length, God will again show mercy and eternal deliverance to all who have put their faith in Christ. Now, Brian, all of us sin, believers and unbelievers alike, but God views all who are in Christ through the lens of his son, Jesus, both now and on the awesome day of the Lord. When God looks at a believer in Jesus, he sees Jesus. He sees Christ's completed work on the cross. And through faith, the sinless nature of Christ is applied to all who believe in him. Brian, the good news of the gospel is that we escape the eternal penalty of our sin. Joel, on the other hand, spends some time talking about the judgment that is to come for all who are not in Christ. Uh, To them, a day is coming when God will absolutely come in wrath. And I believe we who are in Christ need to keep this future wrath ever present in our minds because it should motivate us to share our faith with those who do not know Christ. We may very well be living in the last days, and now is the season to recommit ourselves to the Great Commission, to point people to the loving arms of the living God before it is too late. As Jesus said, we must work while it is day. The night is coming when no man can work. That's Dr. Ron Jones with some final thoughts on the mercy and the wrath of God. Now, today's message is part of Ron's teaching series, Route 66, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. And as you may have heard, Ron has written two companion guides, a pair of beautifully designed volumes that cover both the Old and New Testaments and all eight road trips that he's taking you on right here on Something Good Radio. When you give your gift of $50 or more to support the media ministry of Something Good, Ron will gladly send you both volumes. That's volumes one and two of Ron's book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. This is our way of saying thank you for your generous gift to support the ministry of Something Good Radio. Give online at somethinggoodradio.org or over the phone by calling our offices at 757-276-1099 or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia 23456. 
So, Ron, before we wrap things up for today, how about telling us where you're headed tomorrow as you move ahead in your series, Route 66, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. Brian, our next stop on the ultimate road trip through the Bible is the book of Amos. Now, Amos was a shepherd and a farmer of sycamore figs. He was, uh, well, he was a country boy. Uh, he, He came from the sticks, we might say. And he brought the word of the Lord at a time when the kingdom of Israel was divided, but when both the northern and southern kingdom were flourishing. It was a time of affluence, but also a time of greed, of uh, exploitation of the poor, and of a rather severe moral decline. Uh, Amos spoke boldly, both of God's judgment and his mercy, if only the people would repent. And his message holds great relevance for all of us in our present culture. So, Brian, I'll dive a little deeper into the context and the message of this uh, prophet named Amos next time, right here on Something Good Radio. Join us then for Something Good when Dr. Ron Jones shares his message, Amos, Seek God and Live. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis. Thanks for listening.